Welcome to the LBCF podcast. Our vision is to learn to live and love like Jesus, where we live, work, and play. To find out more about our community, you can visit us at lbcf.org. We hope you are encouraged and challenged by this teaching from our community. Good morning. Good morning, LBCF. Good morning. Good morning. I keep wanting to let that time go longer and longer. One week, I think we're just going to do greeting time, and then we're not going to stop it and see if anybody recognizes if we just do it the whole time. Um, I don't think anybody would mind, but good morning. I recognize a few new faces. If I haven't met you yet or said hi, I'm the teaching pastor here. My name is Ryan. Um, I hope your new year has been full of good Ings, I for one was uh, so grateful to uh, for the rain and the weather. Um, it, we needed it so desperately. It also provided me a nice backdrop to digest just endless tacos and chocolate, um, which I needed a good like time to work on that. But if you weren't here for the prayer and blessing gathering, I showed a video where um, an author and theologian Brian. Zond reminded us of the amazing and beautiful act that as uh, that as Christians, the birth of Christ is so central to who we are in reality reordering that it actually changes how we tell time, that we count time based on the life of Christ. It is that reality reordering. And you may have heard me or any one of us on the teaching team refer to the Christian calendar. And if that's new to you, or if you have not heard that before, it is just a yearly rhythm that our Catholic sisters and brothers set up. And it, they provide teachings and reflections and text um, that includes things that we s- s- celebrate in this community also, like Ash Wednesday or Lent or Pentecost or Advent, and participating with these church calendar events undermines the temptation in all of us to just run from one thing to the next. So we all have a temptation that is in us to to just kind of respond to the urgent. And I think that in our world, um, there is a huge temptation to be so overcome by the speed and the pace of what is happening now that sometimes we stop being grounded in some things to help us pay attention to what might be happening underneath. And so it uh, allows us to have times of pause, of rest, of reflection, of repentance, of sacrifice, of fasting, and of hoping, because sometimes what we need is hidden just a few layers deep. And we need to step into new rhythms to tune into it. And so today I want to talk about kind of how we start our year. Because today is that, um, I'm not sure if any of you have seen this picture, but it's an artist that drew the calendar of December leading into into January. And around the, the 18th, the lines start to get really wiggly. And it's like, nobody knows what day or time it is between like December 18th and January 10th. It's just this obscure sort of what day does it even matter. And we're in this time where Visions Sunday is next week. And we're talking about the upcoming teaching series. And so it's this 
it's this in-between time that I wanted to pay attention and talk about how do we as Christian people form ourselves? How do we participate with this, this urgency that comes up at the start of every year to set to set goals for ourselves and, and how, how do we actually look forward? How do we make plans? How do we actually posture ourselves well so that Christ is invited into that part of what we want to do also? And so we need to pause that urgency. We have to pause and pay attention to what quieter thing might we be called to. And so still in our lives, it can be very confusing what we're meant to do. Sometimes we want to solve hunger so badly that we forget to hand out snacks. Sometimes we want to solve the problem that is so big that we forget to do the small, very tangible thing that we can do. Responding to the urgent can be the important. And I see this most obviously at the start of every year. I have some friends who are taking on this challenge that was developed by a retired Navy SEAL, and they're like waking up at four every single day. And I think that's fantastic. Like, like they are responding to their conscience that is telling them to stop making excuses, but maybe they're not just running for health. Maybe they're running from some things that if they paused and paid attention Maybe that's the thing that they are meant to actually be called to, is not to just utilize their, their first tendency, but to take a pause. Maybe they're running from depression. Maybe they're running from an anxious heart. Maybe what they need is not to do more and more. Maybe what they actually need is to pause. But it's hard to know because they look the same, and some people actually do need to say no more excuses, wake up at four, do all of that. And there are other people that embody this kind of attitude. So I have a slide that I saw, and it perfectly embodied sort of the, the attitude. It's a white slide. Yeah. For Lent, I'm just giving up. <laughs> so <laughs> I remember reading that, and I thought it was just so perfect because there are people for whom at the start of every year two, their whole lives are just full of hustle. And they're choosing to say no to that. They're choosing to say no to this urgency that says, I have to do more, accomplish more, be more. And when I read that, that was like my theme for the Lent that I saw that I'm just giving up. I'm not giving up anything. I'm just giving up. And I thought that was so perfect. And so I know that I find myself in the category of like when I go to the doctor and I'm not feeling healthy or I've put on weight or whatever it is, the question that exists inside me is, okay, so what can I do to get healthy, be less tired and lose weight other than exercise, drink more water, sleep more, like Give me something else. Don't tell me the things that I know are the right things to do that you've told me over and over again, right? Like, tell me what else I can do. Give me the magic pill, the shortcut, because I know what I need to do and I just don't want to do it, right? Like, I know what the right thing to do is. And so for me, I find myself in the other camp where if I use the excuse of, of like, for this year, I'm giving up exercise. That wouldn't be a big giving up for me, right? Like, 
okay, I've been giving that up for a couple years now, right? Like find a new thing to give up. But I think that there's a temptation where if you just looked at the outside of what was happening, I could easily justify that that was what I was supposed to do, even though that really plays on my tendency and the first thing that I want. And so where do you find yourself at the start of 2023? Have you made a promise or a resolution that you're intended to keep? And who have you let into your circle that could help call you out on the justifications that you have? to do the thing that you want to do. If not, I recommend getting a person like that. And secondly, Jesus helps us look at our paths, look at the trajectories of our year in light of his own. And so that's what I want to look at. And so as I mentioned earlier, the Christian calendar starts with the birth of Christ, but not on the day It starts in Advent. It starts with the anticipation. The Christian calendar starts with the anticipation of a coming king. And so we start our year as Christian people with anticipation, with hoping, with calling out, what do I need a savior in? Where do I need to be saved? Where do I need to see Jesus show up? And so what is really important for us as Christian people in our calendar is to remember that we start our time with anticipation. And the way that God created all things also is that the start of the week was Sabbath, resting. The start of the week starts with rest. And very often the way that it gets talked to towards us is that we work, 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 and we earn rest. But as Christian people, we are meant to start with hope, with anticipation, with rest. And so I would encourage you that if, if your goals that you've set for yourself don't look like that, that we would take time to pause. And so it's a beautiful re a reminder that we start anticipating. And when we think about what we want for 2023, are we centering the question about where we long to see Christ show up? I hope that's a question that we can iterate at the start of our year. Where do we long to see Christ show up in us, for us, for our communities, in the lives of the hurting and the broken and the oppressed in our in all of the places where it seems irreparable. Christ, we long for you to show up. Romans 8.22 talks about how all of creation is groaning. All of creation is longing for that Savior to come, and it compares it to the pains and the sounds of childbirth. It says that all creation is longing and waiting for something to be birthed, something beautiful to happen. And the be- one of the most beautiful parts of the incarnation is that God chose not to remain some sort of abstract philosophical concept up in the sky, but he chose, God chose to show up in the material through the blood of childbirth, into the dirt of the world, into hostility, and into the brokenness. He always makes his home in the lived reality of human beings. 
And so when we start talking about these, these kind of what do we want for 2023, I really hope that for us as a community, faces start popping in our minds because that's where it shows up. It shows up in our relationships with other people. It shows up in how we care for other people. It shows up in, the, in how we care for our communities and our neighbors. But what about that next step? Wherever you are, if you have located yourself and you know, okay, I know what I want for this upcoming year, how do we use the life of Jesus as an example of what do the next steps always look like? And one of my favorite parts about looking at Scripture from a narrative lens is that it constantly backs up more and more. And we see that the arcs and the threads woven throughout are so beautifully intertwined. So when we back up and we look at the life of Christ, especially coming off of Advent, we see that his life starts with a chorus of angels singing glory to God in the highest, King of kings, Lord of lords, visitors with precious Gifts traveling from far off space and time, realigning to his presence. He shall be called Emmanuel, God with us. In a time where the story had always been when God shows up, you hide your face, you turn away. And if you approach it unworthily, you die. That was the story of when God shows up, you better get right or you turn away. Those are your two options. And we see that God shows up, and it seems like he starts on a pretty high mark, right? As a baby, he'll be called the king of kings. And so he starts, so where do you go from there? Then when you back up, you see Jesus' life not taking a step up and a step up into more power, more influence, more stuff you see this slow arc downward. He descends constantly over and over again, pushing off the people that would ask him to take power, pushing off those, those temptations to be big and to be more. The arc and the trajectory of the life of Christ is always down. And it's opposite of how we tend to think because so much of our Lived experiences are everything feels like it wants to push us down. Why is it that we would see Jesus in that same way? And I would encourage you that as we start talking about and as you start thinking about and reflecting what you want for your year, this is not meant to be an oppression on top of you. And I'll get to that. I'll, I'll tie this all up. It'll be pretty at the end. So just stick with me. If you're starting to feel like this is not what I came here for, I need encouragement. I'm going to tie it up at the end, I promise. Okay. But when you back up, you see Jesus's life being this slow bend downward, not because he's being pressed down, but because he's choosing intentional steps in that place. In conversations about greatness in Matthew 20, what does he say? To be great, you have to be what? A servant. Matthew 16 says, whoever wants to save their life must what? Lose it. But whoever loses their life for me will what? Find it. What did God choose to confound the 
wise, the like profoundly, amazingly wise? No, the foolish. There's this idea and this concept that, that you will hear me talk about over and over again. It's where up is down, poor is rich, the weak are strong, the servants are greatest. You'll hear me talk about this as God's economy. So if you ever hear me use that term, God's economy, that's what I'm talking about. Is that Are we participating? Are we actually participating with the economy that says that weak is strong, poor is rich, the last will be first? To be the greatest, you have to serve. It's this concept that really has us questioning, what are the plans that I have in my own heart? If we want to deal in the kind of life that is formed by the life of Christ, we will look not at what makes us the next dollar or the next step up the ladder or broadening our circle of influence, but from where you are now, who can you serve better? What of your life do you need to lay down? Where do you need to be humble? And in 2023, have we taken our time to submit our Odds about what we would like, what we want, where our hopes are, and to make even those great thoughts, because they might be fantastic and beautiful and loving in crucifix form, but have you taken even those parts of you to make them captive and obedient to Christ? Does a face come up for you when you think about who you need to extend grace or hospitality or forgiveness or love towards? Take a moment and think, who is the person with which I live out this reality? They might be sitting right next to you. Very often for me, it is in my home. It's with my kids. Who is it that comes up? What face comes up of who can you go to when today is over and say, I want to practice more love, grace, hospitality for and that may take some internal work to even get to that point. But I would encourage you that you're, that as we evaluate what we want, that we look at the humble trajectory of Christ that was not grabbing for more. It was constantly letting more go. So can I share something about my early Christian life that's a little embarrassing? Of course I can, because I have the microphone and you're all sitting there. So this is great. So, um, this is a little embarrassing, but um, in my early Christian life, the, when I heard these teachings, I thought, this is awesome. I've now found like the insider trading of how to get what I actually want. I finally found the, the like life hack to get more money or more power. If I give more, I'll get more, Right? So I found, I found that trick, that back door, sort of, oh, this is how it works. Give more, get more. So it was the most reliable stock you could imagine, right? Um, if you did all the right moves, it was a guaranteed scratch-off lotto ticket, right? Like if I just gave more money and tithed more, God was going to give me more money. He was going to return to me. It was the 10 hundredfold. I was like, yeah, I'm for that, whatever that is. And I realized that what I hadn't done was actually submit the desires of my heart up to be transformed. 
I used God as a formula to get what I wanted before. I just took the things that I already wanted and said, God, I'll play whatever game you want me to play to get what I want already. And we haven't allowed our hearts often the space to be transformed into actually submitting that part of ourselves. But if you've been alive for more than five minutes, you know that life is not a clean formula. All the prayers of all the churches in my hometown did not prevent me from having to get radioactive iodine. All of the honesty that my that my dad poured into his his business did not make him a like worldwide success. Sometimes we would actually get less because of how how honest and he's one of four honest mechanics left in the world. So if you need one, I could point you to a good mechanic, but there was times where his honesty would cost him. There was times where doing the right thing did not all of a sudden pan out the way that we thought. And if you've been alive for more than five minutes, you know that to be true. When we participate in God's economy, we're always holding our hearts desires up to be transformed also. Somewhere in that process, and I never saw him complain at all because for him, his heart had been transformed to say that being honest in business was more important than success. He actually held that as a higher priority. So when he was honest, he was being successful because his heart knew that being faithful to that part was more important. So his desire had been transformed. Have our desires, have what you want for this upcoming year been transformed? Have we looked at the life of Christ and said, do, do my heart's desires harmonize better with a American dream of grabbing and accumulating and power? Do my heart's desires harmonize more with that? or with the downward arcing life of a humble Christ. But if all you've heard, so this is the part where I tie it up and I make it nice. So if you've been tuning out, this is the part you tune in because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say happy things now. But if, you, if all you've heard from me today sounds like even more pressure to get it right, that it feels oppressive, if it feels just like I've said you have to you're another thing out and you're doing something else wrong, or if you're feeling burdened, let's take a moment to remember that before you did or will do anything, according to Romans 5a, Christ's loving grace was there for you. Before you've done anything, before you've accomplished anything, whether you succeed or fail, Christ's loving grace is there. The image of God rests upon you. Just by the fact that you exist, God has placed his image on you. Psalm chapter 8 says that you are crowned with dignity and honor. There's no qualification there. You are crowned with dignity and honor, no matter what. You succeed, you are crowned with dignity and honor. God won't love you any more than he loves you now. 
you fail, you are crowned with dignity and honor. God won't love you any less. Let's pause there. Romans 5.8, Christ's loving grace was there for you before you did anything. The image of God rests upon you. Psalm 8 says that you are crowned with dignity and honor. You are a chosen daughter and son of the king, and God delights in you. You are a chosen daughter and son of the king, no matter what happens in 2023. Start there. End there. Pause there. Regather yourself under that love. He is a father that dotes on you and is, is, is pouring out love at all times. God delights in you. Whether you crush it like Greg did the announcements today and all the things that you do, whether you crush it or you spend the whole year recovering from a painful 2022, because that may, need, that may be where you need to spend your time. God delights in you. You're a precious child of God, and no amount of meeting or missing your goals will ever change that. Make sure that whatever we do, if you're asking where do we take our next step, ask, is there more humility? Is it following the downward arcing path of Christ that that went to lift the lowest at great expense? to himself? Was he willing? Are you willing to harmonize what you want into that? Am I? It should lead us all to leave here and ask hard questions of ourselves, not anyone else. Is my heart willing to lay up the things that I want and harmonize it with the person that we see in Jesus Christ? God delights in you, whether you succeed in that or not. He loves you. He thinks that you are beautiful, and he wants good for you. So let's start there. No matter what happens this upcoming year, remind yourself of that. I'm going to close in prayer. I'm going to ask the people's Irving communion to come up. Jason and the team can come up also. Lord, we start our year asking, would you show up? Because we have so many places that we need you to show up. Would you also shape our hearts to be the kinds of people that want the things you want? Show us where we can serve better, be more humble, set things down be more open-handed when the world around us seems to point us into a pace and into a kind of way of being that is protective that grabs for power that is painfully separated show us how to be your people in 2023 Show us what you would have us do as a community. Let faces come into our minds when we start thinking about how do we play this out, Lord? Would you, would you incarnate yourself into, our, into the ways that we interact? 
with each other. Would you help us grab all these things and help them be embodied and not just philosophical concepts, Lord? Help us to love people better. Show us how to be more like you. But Lord, if we sense all of that just kind of being one more pressure, help us to remember your thoughts towards us, that you care, that you love that you're passionately, abundantly pouring out grace all the time over us. Help us to seek your face all the time. In Jesus' name, amen.